Your home of the best pens coverage. WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. TJ Watt of the Steelers got a roughing the passer penalty for barely grazing the leg of Atlanta quarterback Matt Ryan this past Sunday. But wait, there's more. Today for that hit, and I use quotation marks, air quotes, around the word hit. Today Watt got fined 20K by the National Football League. All the real men among you have started bitching. They might as well put flags on them. Play touch football, yada yada, and I get it. Football isn't the game it used to be, but I don't have a problem with these penalties and fines if they're applied consistently. If they are applied consistently, well, it's the NFL's game. That's what they want it to be. They think quarterbacks are everything. They represent stardom in the National Football League. Quarterbacks are where the money is, and the league's right. Maybe not to this degree, but they're right about quarterbacks being the top men. Hey, when sacks matter more in fantasy football than touchdown passes, perhaps the league will reconsider. But until then, let the flags and fines both fly. That's all the NFL is, you know. It's the backdrop for fantasy football. It's the facilitator for fantasy football. It makes fantasy football go, and that right now, and I say this very seriously, that might matter more than anything. A regular season game on Monday Night Football drew twice the viewership than a Yankees-Red Sox baseball playoff game on at the same time. And that is all the people need to know. We talked earlier this week about how the take-a-knee fad has blown over. This thing with protecting the quarterbacks, that's going to blow over too. And people will just keep watching football. So, if you're bitching, quit your bitching. And if you don't quit bitching, guess what? You just made the list! The list brought to you by Matt Mercer, Plum and Count on a name you can trust. Colby Armstrong is supposed to join us at uh, about 5.15, but he's at a wedding? Is that right? So we think it's 5.15, maybe 5.30. That reminds me of Mick Foley. Mick Foley showed up at an ECW wrestling car when he worked there. You know, when he was between WWE gigs, and he was wearing a suit. He was scheduled for a match, and he said, well... I've come to tonight's show from a wedding, and I've had a couple drinks, so I'm not sure if it's safe for me to wrestle tonight. Uh, J.J. Watt, T.J.'s brother, he was complaining on Twitter about his brother being fined. J.J. should just give T.J. 20K and then shut the frig up. J.J. Watt's a great player, but mostly these days, he gets paid for not playing, for being hurt. Uh, T.J. Watt, this is from the uh, the NFL video on the T.J. Watt hit. He hit Ryan, quote, forcibly in the knee area 
or below. That's according to the National Football League. I would dispute the forcibly part. You know when this is all going to make sense to Steeler fans? When the new policy protects Ben Roethlisberger. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I want to get back to the Bengals-Steelers game, and I, I, I want to take some calls about this while we still have time today. What are your expectations for the Steelers and Bengals game? Not in terms of score, but do you think the Bengals will come out as dirty as ever? Do you think Vontez Burfecht will seek revenge on Juju for that crackback block last year? Don't forget, it was an illegal block that concussed Burfecht and then Juju taunted Burfecht. It's kind of a third-degree burn, three parts to that one, and I just don't think Burfecht has forgotten, let alone forgiven. Craig Wolfley brought up a good point when he was on the show earlier when he noted accurately that Pac-Man Jones was a instigator, that he stirred the pot a lot with the Bengals, and Vontis Burfecht would follow him hand-in-hand hand down the trail of stupidity. And perhaps without a Pac-Man there, maybe Burfecht won't be as bad. We've only had one game to witness that because Burfecht missed the first four games of this season with a PED suspension. Because I'm sure Royd Rage will will not exacerbate uh, Burfecht's aggression at all. But uh, maybe without Pac-Man there, maybe this game won't be as bad. But one thing, and I want to review the numbers one more time. This is a dirty friggin' rivalry. In some ways, this is a more heated rivalry than the Steelers in Baltimore. Really? Last year in this game at Cincinnati, the teams took, uh, they're called seven extracurricular penalties. Seven, you know, roughing the pass or unnecessary roughness, those kind of penalties. Seven penalties. And since 2015, this rivalry has had more extracurricular penalties than any other rivalry in football. The game last year where Shazier got paralyzed, kind of ironically on a on an innocuous play, a hit that nobody thought was dirty or let alone illegal. That game, I keep using this phrase, that game was medieval. It was filthy, a ton of penalties, injuries, and then you go back to that January 2016 playoff game where the Bengals stupided the game away with those penalties then by Burfecht and Pac-Man Jones. But let's not forget, Brown got his season ended by that hit by Burfecht. And Burfecht had ended Bell's season during the regular season. This game could just be a some bitch. It could just be a son of a bitch. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Up next, if he's not busy at the wedding, we got Colby Armstrong, 105.9 X. This is Matt Murray of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, 105.9 X. Joining me now, I think he's at a wedding. We're <laughs> going to talk hockey with former Penguin Colby Armstrong. Are you really at a wedding? I am at a wedding. I just jumped out of the wedding do this now are you in the wedding or just a guest 
Yeah, I'm a guest, so I I just was in the wedding. So congratulations to Cody and Sarah Sable. I, you might know him. He's the guy that does the finger painting and stuff for a lot of the foundation events with the Penguins Foundation. Uh, so they just got married today. So I was able to be here. But I, they were doing like, you know, you know when you leave the wedding mark and if you, you come out, and you like they wait for you to say hi and like thanks for coming and hug you and stuff. Like I, I didn't do that line. I jumped out of the out to come talk to you. <laughs> well, that's as it should be because after all, Army, a, a commitment is a commitment. Now. <laughs> the, the Penguins won last night, but Hornquist is off of Sid's line already. Why does that combination, Horny and Sid, why doesn't that seem to work five on five? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, like, I, I actually like them there. I like them there, when obviously, when they're clicking. But I think at times, just as a frustration level, or there's uh, you can see it's just not clicking. I think Sid needs to get the puck off the wall. Uh, and, and, you know, with Hornquist, a great guy at dumping it in and going and getting, and he does all the dirty work and he gets all the hard areas. But there's other parts throughout the game that I'd like to see Hornquist obviously make more plays at finding the puck uh, in the middle and, and distributing it instead of just a lot of bang plays up the wall. But, um, you know, for whatever reason, I think we can see that on a bunch of lines where there's just a, it's just kind of out of sorts a little bit early right now. Well, I think Horny Except for on the Malkin line. Maybe, maybe with Malcolm <laughs> Castle. No, they're they're doing okay except for that that defense part occasionally. But yeah, yeah. As far as Horny goes with Sid, though, Army, I think Horny's great with Sid once they're in the zone. It's between yeah. the blue lines where some of the stuff you talked about, it just isn't there. Like Sid wants it for sure. Yeah, exactly. That that's the part I'm talking about. Yeah, so it's you know it's D to D up to Horny with a little bit of pressure under him, and he has a hard time, I think, getting it off the wall and maybe those 10-foot plays to the middle uh, just to sit under the puck uh, where he can get the puck more and have the puck more and stick through the neutral zone and draw guys to him, and that's kind of how plays develop coming through the neutral zone with the puck on his stick. Um, and for whatever reason, yeah, it's just, a, it's just uh, I, I don't know if it's a strong, not a strong point in his game or if it's just his not his initial reaction. Uh, definitely in the ozone, has a cycle game, gets to hard areas, separates guys from the puck, creates offense that way, and gets to hard areas. So, yeah, it's just that neutral zone play with him in finding ways to to attack with speed instead of the standard chip up the wall and go get it, which he's really good at, though. Who's the best choice to play right wing on Sid's line, Army? Because Rust has the speed, but, but maybe that's about it. I'm not sure there's an obvious good fit, so thank God for Jay Gensel on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I don't know what they're going to do, and they're they're lucky. And I think that's one of the strong points. <clears throat> excuse me, of the team is is versatility with them, right? I think you got guys like Ross who can go up and down and flip sides, and you've got other guys that can move up and down and flip sides. So uh, guys that can play center or wing, um, you know. So maybe we'll see a little bit of experimentation on that right side until I guess maybe Kim and Hornquist can come back later and find something. Uh, they seem to they seem to be okay uh for a fit I, I you know for me personally of everyone on the team i like him the best there but if, if they're going to struggle and not you know play the way that the coach wants them or have the results that wants them or or you know have sid with the puck as much i mean you're gonna have to try everything and we haven't still haven't seen it we saw it the other night a little bit just on some line changes where brassard was out there with them we got to talk phil kessel because after the penguins lost saturday the coach was talking quite angrily about defense and structure, but Kessel's not really into that, so he just scored three goals. <laughs> yeah, Kessel does his thing, man. And then, 
you know what? He, he creates a lot, whether it's entering the zone and, and doing that pull-up and finding seam passes, cross ice, um, or get that lethal shot off. And, and I don't know if anyone does it better than him in the NHL, actually. It's reading those little sniffer plays where he just kind of sneaks out past the defenseman that they kind of lose him, or reading a play that we're going to get to at first deep down in our D zone, uh, and the opposing D are kind of figuring out where the puck's going to go and holding the blue line and maybe reading a possible weak side pinch. And he kind of just uses that to his advantage to, to read those plays, uh, use his speed and his smarts to create opportunities to get up there. And credit to the guys, you know, haggling with a great effort to out-muscle Pacioretty and get to a loose puck to find him on a second one. <clears throat> and then an unbelievable pass by Gino right down from behind the, the goal line to find him streaking all the way up there. I mean, that... For, for Malkin to see that when he got back to that puck under a little bit of pressure off of a off of a battle and to turn and to fire it right on his tape up the middle, I mean, it's not going to get much better than that. But I, I, I think Phil, you know, in the D zone, you want to talk about anything D zone, does a great job at keeping defenders uh, weary of him flying the zone and does a great – like, it's so hard to get breakaways in the NHL, Mark. I, I honestly – I know it comes down to speed, and a lot we see, you know, Paul the Paul Byron, who they'll face uh, tomorrow in Montreal, a guy that gets a lot of breakaways, and Grabner gets a lot of breakaways. Um, McDavid, you talk about guys with speed, but it's hard to find those holes. It's hard to read games and also have guys to get pucks to you. But Phil does a great job coming out of the Z zone and finding those holes and those spaces. Now, did Sully overreact a bit after that loss to Montreal? You know, he yelled at the media about about the defense and structure. They had an extra practice when they would have taken a day off in the wake of that game. Everything Sully said was true, Army, but it's only the second game of the season. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on the on the side of I like it. I'm on the side that I, I like it and I like it early, and especially from the coach. I think you know he's he's the captain of the ship. He sets the tone day in and day out. With you know, I think when you come into a when a we come into a dressing room, you come to the rink every day. And if things aren't going good, I think, you know, the coach dictates a lot of the feeling of what's going on. And, and, and a lot has to do also with your leadership group. But I think if you're not liking what you're seeing early, and if your eyebrows as Sullivan are coming to the rink and, you know, having a little mean on, I think that sends a message like, <clears throat> we mean business right now. Let, like, let's wake up. I know it's only the second game. Now the third game, which I didn't think was, you know, spectacular last night as well. They got a, Vegas got a ton of chances ton of chances on on DeSmith and um, I don't think you can flip the switch and turn it on just like that but at the same time I think that attitude has a big part to do with it and I think getting it out of the way early you don't want it to slide and all of a sudden 10 games in you're still doing the same things. Now what about Casey DeSmith last night Army? 35 saves and when a backup goalie does that it really gives the team a lift doesn't it? Oh yeah and you know what I was going into the game with the mindset okay Murray's hurt all right Team hasn't been playing like super great, one and one, not bad, but a wake up call. And guess what? We have our backup coming in for his first game of the season. Okay, let's tighten it up, boys. And I, and I don't think we really saw them really tighten it up, as I said before. And, and DeSmith had to come in and he had to play. He had to play really well. He got some help from a, his post a few times and a few huge scramble saves uh, that were likely for sure goals that he got an arm on around a, uh, a scramble around the net. Um, you know, and and. And held Vegas. I mean, he held his team in in a game where 
you know, Phil didn't have that outburst, and, and you know, it could have been a, a big different game and a much closer game. So i got to give him a ton of credit for the way he came in and played, and i got to give him a ton of credit for his attitude leading into it, too. I, I loved his attitude in the interviews and talking about his opportunity, and I think everyone, every guy says the same thing. But he said he wants, you know, show that he could be a starter. And for a guy that's fairly new in the league last year and a guy that's coming in here and wants to prove that he can be an NHL starter, uh, I think that's the right attitude to have. And for him to say it and go after it like he did last game, that's, that shows well for him going forward right now, especially if Murray will miss more time. We're talking to ex-Penguin Colby Armstrong, live from a wedding here on 105.9 The X. Uh, how small is too small for a goalie? Because Casey DeSmith did a great job last night. Army, he's really small. I was talking to him after yeah. the game. I, like, tower over him. Tower. Yeah, he's not a big guy, and I think you look around the league – Right now, I'm trying to think of goalies under six feet, which is really strange. And maybe it's that Soros in Nashville, um, and maybe I don't. I don't even know. That might that might be it. Under six feet goaltenders and and the Smith. So, you know, you look at you look at the way he plays, and and tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I this is what I think when I look at him and a guy I played with in Atlanta and went to camp here in Pittsburgh. The Moose, Johan Hedberg. Does he does he kind of remind you? Like his style, his body. Yeah, looks yeah, the same. yeah, a little bit. He's compact, but he he knows how to make himself big, and he's just acrobatic enough, isn't he? Yeah, and he's and he's fast, and he has like he has that quickness side to side that Hedberg had, and he has like that kind of that stand up style. He looks just like him. Hedberg, not a big guy, really good on his feet, super fast, and uh, a guy that was able to be acrobatic enough to make saves and make himself look big, like you said. So I see a lot of similarities in their game, and you got to look at the career that he had. Uh, after coming out of nowhere here in Pittsburgh and, and lighting the world on fire and, and establishing himself in the NHL. So I, I, I see a lot of similarities. I'm no goalie expert, but that's that's what I see from an ex-teammate in, in Johan Hedberg and, and DeSmith. What's your take on Ricola? I thought he did okay for his first NHL game. Yeah, I did too. I like him a lot. I think he looks... I, you know, last night on the post-game show, Mark, I used the word comfortable. Like, your first NHL game, we saw some turnovers and we saw some plays that we didn't see him make through the preseason um, later on in the game, but his first shift just stands up. I love I love that he has some spit in his game. I love that he's willing to get his body in there a little reckless and runs guys over. I think they need more of that. Uh, he's comfortable skating on pucks with pressure. He's comfortable offensively jumping into plays and a good enough skater that he can get back. And he moves all over the ice. And, man, I, I love watching the way he snaps the puck around. It's tape to tape every time. It's a laser beam. So for a, a guy to come in, yeah, he's a little older. He's, we're not talking about an 18-year-old here. But still, playing your first NHL game to see what we saw out of him, it makes me want to see more of him and what he can do. Uh, and I think, you know, what we're going to see is, you know, what, what's, his, what's his ceiling? What's the ceiling of a guy like him? And, you know, situational play and where, where they can put him. And once he, you know, establishes himself and gets more games and more minutes, what can he be? I'm excited about him. I like him a lot. The Penguins made 12 turnovers last night. And, Army, you got to make better decisions at the blue line. The Penguins commit suicide at that blue line half the time. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. They they have that, that system with the, with the D and, and hoping on, on forward back pressure and their speed and, I think they call it a quick stick where they come in and just try to make contact and disrupt and, and kind of peel out of there. They have gotten caught a few times. I guess they cleaned it up from the 16 turnovers they had the night game before in Montreal. So <laughs> we're taking baby steps, Mark, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's their style. It's their style. And we see a lot of teams do it now. 
I think a few years ago we saw they kind of changed the game with their speed and using their speed to disrupt, not necessarily force turnovers right at that, at that spot at the blue line, but definitely unable to come out of their zone clean. And I think that's what they're looking to do. A little rusty right now with the timing of it at times. Uh, and that back pressure with speed coming back could be a little better. But um, when the Pens are on their game doing that, it's like you can't breathe. It's like when you're an opponent, you can't breathe. You can't make clean plays. You can't get out of your end zone clean. You can't establish through the neutral zone at all. And it's and it's just constant speed. So they've got to clean it up for sure. They've got to clean up a lot of parts of their game in that regard and other places on the ice. But, uh, you know, I think, it, I think it's tough to play against when it's on. Now, earlier in the day, I talked about a USA Today story about the best football movies of all time what are yeah. your top three hockey movies of all time oh good question i was i was racking my brain for this um when i saw the football ones because i love i love a lot of the football movies uh personally but i would have to say slap shot right we got to go slap shot i got slap shot number one yes yeah number one and then i had i would i would have mighty ducks two i don't know why i like mighty ducks one but I, I feel like we see the characters and we see cool things like the knuckle puck guy in the second one. They're going for the national championships, playing for USA, Charlie. We got the whole team, and then they're going for the bigger thing. I don't know. It's just so exciting. I love D2. D2 is sick. I'm going D2 second. And I don't know why. I, I like Mystery Alaska. Oh, Mystery I, Alaska is real good. That would be just out of my top three. I know, and, 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 I, and I have to be reminded also of Miracle, which slipped my mind. I'm going to be honest, I love Herb Brooks. I had, you know, my time with Herb Brooks when I was in the minors. He came down and worked with me. A great man, and I can't believe I wouldn't have had that in my top three, so maybe I'd put that in there. And Young Blood, honorable mention. See, my top three are Slapshot, Goon, and Miracle. I thought Goon was like oh, a... Goon is sick, yeah. Great call. I can't believe I forgot about Goon. Good call. Now, you Great cited call. Youngblood Army. When you played juniors, did yeah. you or any of your teammates ever have tea with Ms. McGill? <laughs> no, we didn't, man. We didn't have anything like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, when we see them come in, you know, I think this was a little bit before my time, though. Like, when they come in, they're like, he has the, he has the uh, jock over his face and he has, like, a doctor's mask. Right, right. Um, it's Patrick Swayze, right? And Correct. And he's, like, scalpel. And they're going to shave down the rookie. That I think that's what used to happen before my time, though. That's that's a that's a great scene in the movie. Did you know Ruslan Fedotenko had tea with Ms. McGill? Oh, did he? <laughs> in fact, he married Ms. McGill. So <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's great. We got to get him a hat to see with Ms. McGill. I've seen those hats. That's solid. Junior hockey. What a legend. Army, great stuff. I, what, wait, what were your favorite football movies? Uh, mine personally, I liked the uh, longest yard, uh, number okay. one, and really? uh, boy, I can't find. I hated Rudy. They had Rudy number one. I hated Rudy. Yeah. What about Draft Day? Do you like Draft? Oh, day I hated Draft Day. I like Draft Day, and I. You know what I love? I love Varsity Blues. I got Varsity I Blues number it. three. My top three are Longest yeah. Yard, Friday Night Lights, and Varsity Blues. Uh, yeah, I, okay, yeah, I'll give you those ones. Remember the Titans, the replacement. Nah, screw There's the Titans. a lot of good movies. I like those. I, I got to tell you, though, in Varsity Blues, you know, all the high school kids looked like they were grad students in college. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of weird, right? Hey, how about the replacements, too? Not bad. Keanu Reeves, a little wooden. I'm not sure it was Gene Hackman's finest star, but it's a good story. You know who loved that movie? Good. Crosby. The loved replacements. It. Yep. Big, big fan of the movie. 
See, one big day... Fan of, big fan of Shane Falco. One day we have to dedicate, like, a, a whole show to just Sid's quirks that you learned while playing with him. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is that he could come on and tell all of mine, too, so I got to... Yeah, yeah, but that's that. your edge, Army. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, that's totally true. That's <laughs> totally true, man. You're 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 right. But uh, yeah, yeah, we should do that sometime. I got to make a list of all the things that uh, Sid likes. Might t- might take more than one show. Army, great yeah. stuff. Get back to the wedding. <laughs> all right, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That's Colby Armstrong. What great hockey talk. Just funny stuff. Every time he joins us on a Friday. Up next. I want to get back to that Steelers-Bengals game because I think the potential is there for real criminal activity. What do you think? How's that game going to go? I've already made my prediction. I'm taking the Steelers plus two and a half. But I think that game could be really... Well, we like to compare football to war to romanticize it. Except in this case, with this rivalry, especially this game last year at Cincinnati, the comparison was valid and it didn't add any romance at all to anything. It just added a a body count uh, as opposed to a score. That was the most important number last year, the body count, not the score. 105.9 X. X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hi, Mark. Sorry. I'm talking to my son. No one cares at all. No one. The X at 105.9. Not much time left in today's show. It has just flown by. I think Burfecht's going to do something stupid. You know why I think that? He almost always does something stupid. Burfecht is a weird individual. Obviously, he's prone to violence, but a guy like James Harrison was incredibly prone to violence. But I never felt like James Harrison put violence ahead of winning. Vontas Burfecht as he proved in that playoff game between the Steelers and Cincinnati in January of 2016, he would rather F you up and risk losing than you not get carted off and he wins. He's proven it time and again. And he's going to go after Juju. Juju today said the media was trying to start something between him and Burfecht. Yo, wise up. You knocked his ass out. You concussed him. You embarrassed him, and then you taunted him. You started it, Juju. Better keep your head on a swivel. Not that Burfecht would be right looking for revenge, but he don't often do the right thing. By the way, Juju just moments ago tweeted out a video of him eating breadsticks. Pizza Hut breadsticks, because as we know, say it with me, nobody out pizzas the hut. And apparently if if you go to Juju's Twitter, you can get some deal for free breadsticks. And I can think of nothing more important for a promising young wide receiver to be thinking about than breadsticks two days before Vontas Burfecht breaks his jaw and makes him eat through a straw for a month or so. Whenever Juju does something that's very commercial on his Twitter, I retweet it along with me adding, this is what it's all about. And people automatically assume that means I'm criticizing Juju. I mean, I am, but uh, 
in and of itself, that's an innocuous thing to say. Let's go to Pete in Colorado. Pete, you're on with Double M. Big fan, big fan. Thank you. Hey, looking at the uh, Juju Perfect situations in the eyes of the NHL, which is, I think, got more, more of a history, at least recently, to, to like premeditated payback. Do you think Juju's preoccupied? Do you think it's going to impact his performance? I don't know. Uh, the way he addressed the media today would lead you to believe that he is preoccupied because he kind of lost his cool just a little bit, according to those who, who dealt with him. Then again, Juju's becoming a bigger pain in the ass by the day. He is really following in the footsteps of Antonio Brown. To wit, he's terse with the media. And AB only does media on Friday, so Juju only does media on Friday. Uh, but the one thing we can count on is that Perfect will go after Juju. I just think it's unimaginable that Perfect will let Juju get away with that uh, crackback block from last year and not try to avenge it. Let's go to Albert in the car. Albert, you're on with Double M. What's up, Mark? How you doing, Super What up, Mike? What's up? Hey, uh, I always wonder, do you think Antonio Brown is to the Bengals, maybe Juju at this point, or I'm sorry, to the Steelers as Ocho Cinco was to the Bengals? Good receiver, just a mess. I think Antonio's heading in that direction, in the Odell yeah. Beckham direction, in the yeah. Randy Moss direction, in the mm-hmm. Des Bryant direction, although he's way better than Des Bryant ever was. Way better yeah, than Ocho true. Cinco ever was, for that true. matter. The, the diva receiver that never wins. Yeah, right. I, I, I was watching the – I'm a Birds fan, but I was watching the game last night, and uh, how about – what was he punching, like the cooler on the side of the fence? Or, like, no, it was a fan. Oh, what a maniac. I don't know how you win with somebody like that in your clubhouse. At all. They don't. I would have put that picture in, like, the New York Post on the back page with the headline, Beckham Punches Fan. Let's go to John and Butler. John, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Thank you very little. I think, uh, Jude, you better ask, like, Heinz Ward, if he thinks perfect and all these football players are all brothers in arms and we're all union members, there's certain football players that, they don't consider it a sport. They're the winning and losing. Nah, it's 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 machismo over you know the billions of dollars that these guys make. Again, Heinz Ward knew that back in the day. That's why he blocked and hit and was as uh, you know quote unquote dirty as everyone thought he was. Juju may get his head handed to him. Yeah, but Heinz first. Ward, Heinz Ward was a little dirty. Vontez Burfick's yeah. a war criminal. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But I'm saying Juju doesn't think that way yet. He will find that out. He should try to find it within his brain pan to figure it out between now and 1 p.m. Sunday. I will say this, though. I can't wait to watch the game. I uh, Really, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. I can't wait to watch the game. Since I'm not going to Vegas, I'm debating. I, I want to, like, have, like, some, like, when I go to, to Vegas, I go to really nice restaurants. I'm trying to figure out where I should go this weekend. I might go to Chipino for the Super Genius Burger. I might go to Hyde Park or the Steakhouse at the Casino. I think it's called Andrews. I might go to Ala Familia. Can you believe I've never been to Ala Familia, the Italian place on in Mount Oliver, I think it is? Uh, Mount Washington, pardon me. I've had food from there, but I've never been there. You know what the problem is? I I, I can't get a reservation there because I don't, I don't do it far enough in advance. I call them and I say, uh, do you have any reservations in... They say no and hang up before I even have a chance to say, wait a minute, don't you know who I am? I'm Mark Madden from the X. Time now to ask Mark anything. 
412-333-WXDX is the number to call. It's self-explanatory, really. You call and you ask me anything. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. They're going to nail us no matter what we do, so we might as well have a good time. Toga, toga. DX at 105.9. It's now time to ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-WXDX and you can ask me anything. It's brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house, so check out Chapino in the strip. Let's go to Jeff in Overbrook. Jeff, ask Mark anything. Who do you think wins tomorrow, Perfect or Juju? Uh, tomorrow they're not playing. Dan, did you, you know what I mean, Sunday. Dan. I'm sorry. But what do you mean by win? Uh, how would either one man Juju, win? Juju over the middle or Perfect crushing him? I don't think Perfect will be covering Juju per se. I, I predicted, given chance, Perfect will take a gratuitous cheap shot at Juju. And don't forget, the defense is always the predator. The offense is always the prey. Then again, not last year. Not if you crack back from the blind side. Right. But if I have to pick a winner this time around, I'm going with Perfect. Juju, Juju landed a lucky punch last year. This year, I'm going with Perfect. Let's go to Luke on the north side. Luke, ask Mark anything. Hey, what up, man? What up, man? Hey, I want to know what you like to drink more, whiskey or scotch. I'm not a big fan of either. I'm more of a T. I'm right now. I'm in a Tito's vodka phase. Uh, that handmade stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. You ever try it? Yeah, once in a while. Uh, but I, I do like Jameson's. If if I drink whiskey, whether it be in a drink or in a shot, I prefer Jameson. So I think I would say whiskey over scotch. How about you? What about an Irish car bomb? You like that? Because that's what I like. I'm not a Jameson guy, other than an Irish car bomb. The last time I had Irish car bombs, it was with uh, Kenny Reagan and Frankie LaRue. So, yeah, I like the occasional Irish car bomb. Let's go to uh, Corey and Moon. Corey. What up, man? What up, man? Yo, speaking of good movies, uh, what would be like your number one basketball movie? I can't even think of a basketball movie. I don't know, maybe Blue Chips? I mean, name some basketball movies. I got the answer right here, baby. You ready? What, The Fish and Save Pittsburgh? Space Jam. I like the porn version better, Face Jam. And there really was a porn version called Face Jam. Let's go to Sam on 79. Sam, ask Mark anything. Hi, Mark. Um, it seems in the Premier League that City and Liverpool are clearly going to be in Oh, the I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, and, Chelsea are six wins and two draws, just like City and Liverpool. I'm not counting them out. Arsenal are really okay. making a run after a bad start. So, dude, there, there's literally 31. Wait, how many games left? 30 now, games left. Gonna be, who's taught, finished the Champions League? Which of the three London teams do you think there's going to be two? I'm assuming Arsenal, Tottenham, or Chelsea. I'm not taking anything for granted. Anything for granted. If, if you made Fair me enough. pick the, the four Champions League qualifiers in order right now, it would be, uh, well, I want Liverpool to win, but I'd have to predict City to finish first, followed by Liverpool, followed by Chelsea. You know, I hate to say this, Right now, of the next three teams, 
because Man United's way down there, but they're still a top six, you know, perception yeah. team. I think Arsenal is better than Tottenham so far, don't you? I do. I think you and I Emery's got them firing pretty well right now. Well, you know what you and I Emery's you know what you I Emery's biggest uh, qualification is. What's that? He's not Arsene Wenger. Let's go to uh, Davy in Madison. Davy still in the Navy, probably will be for life. What do you want? Yeah, I, I changed my mind about the Howard Stern question. I want to ask you a Lemieux question. I'd rather you ask me the Howard Stern question. I've answered Lemieux questions my whole life. Go ahead, ask me the Lemieux question. Do you think if he wanted to, he could have been a professional golfer and made his living that way? No. I mean, he's really good. You mean if he would have dedicated his life to golf? Correct. Maybe. I know in, like, those celebrity things, he's really good. I know he beats the bejesus out of Michael Jordan when they have played. And I, and I, well, I don't know for sure, but I... I don't know why they wouldn't play for money. They both do every other time. I mean, him and Gretzky have had epic battles on the golf course, and I think Gretzky's the same, um, you know, in that fashion. A lot of those guys play very, very good golf. at a. Oh, I've heard Mario's high. way better than Gretzky and that very few athletes are in a class with Mario on the golf course. Let's go to Stevie in the car. Stevie, ask Mark anything. Mark, have you gone around to see... Uh... Hello? Mark. Okay, get rid of him. Let's go to Tony in Salina, wherever that is. Tony, what's up? Hey, Mark. He asked you about basketball movies. What do you think about White Men Can't Jump? It's a very good movie. I think that's my favorite basketball movie. Especially Rosie Perez, uh, Topless. No Vegas, no English Premier League. Maybe I will have some scotch. Good talk, see you out there. 105. Enjoy the bloodbath. 1059 the X.